freaks, geeks, and peeps, it's Kelsey here, the host of Slime and Slashers, the YouTube channel, and I'm here just to remind you that this is an audio-only version of my YouTube channel. So this video you're about to hear was previously recorded and released on YouTube, and in this case, this is an older video that I uploaded a while ago, so anything that I reference that might be you know, from the past, just keep in mind it might not be a current thing. And if you do want to check out the original video with any links that I might have originally linked in the original video, I will have that original video linked down below so you could check out the original and see what I wrote in the description and also see the b-roll footage that I included in the video itself and find out more information of anything that might seem vague or unclear in audio only format. In this particular episode I'm joined by my good friend Kat who sometimes does content with me on my channel. Most of the times we are talking together about horror movies and our joint horror movie marathons where we just have big marathons. We each have our own lists and sometimes we'll have movies in common and we'll talk about all of it and usually it's surrounding a certain theme. So I want you guys to make sure you go follow Kat. She does have a YouTube channel now. It is called Kat's Novel Adventures and it will be linked down below. Please, please, please make sure you check her out, sub to her YouTube channel, and she also has a blog, which I will link down below as well. Anyway, guys, I hope you really enjoy this episode, and until next time, keep on killing it. Enjoy. Hey, guys, it's Kelsey and Kat. We're back. As you guys know, we love horror a lot. And, you know, we've done other marathons where we've discussed other things like Christmas. We had a general Christmas marathon. We also did a Christmas horror marathon, too. So it wasn't just normal Christmas stuff. It was spooky stuff, too. But we're back with horror-themed things, and we're doing another marathon in that realm. And it's a holiday horror marathon. And we're well on our way into the marathon right now. We still have another month of movies to go in that marathon. And, you know, Although we've got all that to go, we wanted to do a little check-in and tell you guys about what we think of the movies we've watched so far. Kat, how are you feeling about this marathon so far? What has been your favorite parts? Well, I've been having an excellent time. Um, everything that I have watched so far, for the most part, has been good fun. And what I love the best about it is we're going through the holidays and it's neat to find movies that are horror-filled surrounding a holiday usually holidays that we love i like it too and the thing is you know most holiday horror movies kind of focus on christmas or on halloween so i feel like by doing this we're kind mm -hmm. of exploring more movies and themed movies that we wouldn't have normally watched because these aren't a lot of these aren't like the top of the barrel some of them are though in terms of horror some of them are kind of like the bottom of the barrel that we're just <laughs> picking because they apply to a holiday but yeah we'll get there when we uh review the movies but I'm so excited to talk details and this whole marathon has been a scream so far <laughs> but by the way I do want to mention guys we're going to have other videos coming up after this chat this is only our first kind of touching base type of video where we're going to review a few of the movies. We still have more to come and there'll be two more videos. So look out for that. I'll have them all on my YouTube uh, when we're finished the whole thing. So let's get into it, Kat. Our first movie represents the first holiday of the year, New Year's Eve. Let's mm -hmm. talk about this movie, Terror Train. What'd you think of it? Well, I thought it was pretty suspenseful. It was uh, had um, a lot of mystery in it because, of course, there's a killer and we don't know who the killer is because there 
they are on this train and they're in costume. So the killer basically roams the train in different costumes. So you really don't know who the killer is um, until pretty much the very end. You have ideas and you have suspicions, but then um, you get a little curveball there. There is a great curveball <laughs> or twist at the end. I didn't see it coming. I thought it was something else. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And you know, I am surprised. So I looked up the ratings for this movie, 36% on Rotten mm -hmm. Tomatoes. I mean, I guess it's not too surprising since horror doesn't do that well. And then only a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I really thought this was a good movie. But mm -hmm. I will say a lot of people on Google agree with me because 86% of Google users like the movie. So clearly the consensus is that people enjoy the movie. And I got to say, this movie, it stars Jamie Lee Curtis. And we all know her as a scream queen. Mm -hmm. I got to say, though, you know, a lot of people love her in Halloween. I actually think her acting performance was better in Terror Train because she seemed more natural to me, kind of more laid back sometimes I felt like her performance her sulkiness in Halloween was a little just not as authentic not as believable you know well there is a reason for that because Halloween was actually her debut film yeah and she had two other films The Fog and Prom Night that she did prior to Terror Train so if that's why she earned the name of the Scream Queen is because she had filmed four movies within a two-year time span so I do think it's you know that's the why she is you know a lot better with her acting at that point you know is because she's been in other movies and Halloween was her debut because I kind of felt like that too with her it was like you know it, you could kind of tell she had not had a lot of experience I mean, I know that. that it was after Halloween in terms of, you know, when she filmed it, but it's just that it's so much less known than Halloween is the thing. But her performance, mm -hmm. I just feel, is just so much more comfortable. And yeah, like you said, the years, obviously, and the films that she did in between Halloween and this obviously did really good for her. Like, it was mm -hmm. a lot of good experience. And that shows on on film, I think. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, so the opening of the movie actually reminds me of the opening of Jaws. It's all these young kids around... A, a bonfire and then there's two people looking at each other like a man and a woman across the bonfire and then we get a crazy scene where it seems like it's this kind of sorority fraternity ritual or initiation and I'm like what kind of fraternity is this and, <laughs> but it, it tend it was different than I thought I thought they were going to have to sleep with each other but it turned out to be something different but just as bad just as mm -hmm. kind of terrible probably worse than just sleeping with each other <laughs> yeah I mean it scarred one of the people involved so yeah mm -hmm. definitely worse and the cool thing is about this movie is David Copperfield is actually in the movie on the train mm -hmm. I thought that was so neat that he did but the did film. you know this was the first time he actually played a role the one and only time he played a role like he was Ken or Kenny the I think it was Ken the magician or something like yeah, that he wasn't himself even he though was he, not himself he's he, been in tv shows and he's been in movies where he's played himself but this was his first role and he actually got a little frustrated because he couldn't remember his lines very well really and so he was a little frustrated with that yes I didn't know that but you know I think he did a really great job like I liked him a lot he had a, like a lot of mystery surrounding him mm -hmm. and the sexual tension between him and Jamie Lee Curtis's character was really good too I, yes. I felt that on screen I was like wow as a viewer I was like oh there's something between them or something 
But yeah, I thought it was great. And although he didn't play himself, he kind of played a version of himself. Exactly. I mean, you know, right. so yes. I think it fits and it was totally great that he was cast. Well, he was say, really an authentic magician. So yeah. he could do all the little tricks. <laughs> and his whole, the scenes with the magic were really cool. So mm -hmm. I, I loved all of that. So I got to say, my one big gripe of the movie, and it's more of like a funny thing. It's not a true gripe. This conductor, this trained conductor, the way he treats Jamie Lee Curtis's character just annoys the hell out of me. So when he starts to find that there's people being killed on the train, uh, which is not a spoiler, that's the whole premise of the movie. He starts to like worry about Jamie Lee Curtis and how she's handling it, almost like a calm down type of thing, like almost treating her like a hysterical woman. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on. I mean, it is the 80s, the early 80s, too, because it was mm -hmm. 1980 when this was released, but still annoying. So he, he literally says, I have a note here uh, where I say, why does the conductor act like Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis can't handle anything? She comes to him and says, the murderer is on the train. And the conductor responds with, why isn't this woman lying down somewhere? <laughs> like, like, a, like she she's clearly saying, like, he's on the train and he's just worried about her lying down. Like, dude, take what she's saying seriously. And then he kept telling her to calm down and stuff like that. And I was just like, what? Get back. Mo! Oh, well, no, I need this from you now, but Come on, Mo. Elaine, come look at his chest. He's bleeding. It could be his heart. Not his fucking heart. Come on, come on, Mo. Come on. Get back. Give him some air. I'm a doctor, goddammit. Mo! Oh, no! No! Oh, come on, Mo! Come on, buddy! also later in the mo movie they're trying to find a place for jimmy lee curtis to rest and this other guy on the train somebody who works on the train says it's dusty in here but it's clean i'm like what the hell like that makes no sense and you can clearly tell it's dusty but uh, there are some really great shots. I'm talking about, you know, I just mentioned some cheesy things, but like mm -hmm. I said, there's some great stuff in the movie. Specifically, there's an awesome part where Jamie Lee Curtis is in this train cage, like an mm -hmm. office type of cage, and she can't get out. And there's an interaction between her and the killer. And it's just wonderful. And the way it's shot is really suspenseful and really kind of scary and keeps you on the edge of your seat. And there's also another shot later where she's kind of resting and the killer's kind of like outside of a window, maybe. Oh, it's just shot so cool with like yes. upside down and slinking like on the train and Oh, super, super creepy, in my opinion. I love it. And like, like I said, the, um, the movie's really well done. I think the whole concept is really neat to have a horror movie take place on a train. Mm -hmm. So many compartments for hiding and killing. Um, I really just enjoyed the entire premise. And like, I, like we mentioned, you and I, at the beginning, the big reveal at the end was bonkers. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was awesome. I really loved it. Any other thoughts about the movie, Kat? Well, I mean, just basically the fact that they had that novelty story element about the killer changing costume. So basically, the you never knew who really the killer was. And because they were all friends and they were all in college, I mean, there was no reason to um, feel threatened by anybody because basically when they were talking to somebody in the costume, if they just nodded or did whatever, they thought, oh, well, that's my friend. They're just right. being, you know, silly or whatever. So that was also, you know, pretty creepy too, is that they were so close, you know, to maybe having their life ended. Um, just uh, the, the person who plays Kenny, believe it or not, there's a lot, there's an interview about him with um, 
some of the things that they wanted him to do in the film that ended up getting cut. Um, the guy is Derek McKinnon, and he actually got chosen for this film. He was he went with someone to be auditioned, or they had seen him somehow somewhere else on stage, and he wasn't even going to audition for this. And he ended up getting the audition because they liked the way he looked. Um, so there's an interview on Stolkong Cold Crazy about his experience with that, which I found pretty interesting and you should check out in your spare time. I will check it out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but there were just, I, I noticed that there were actors in this film that, um, you know, ended up going on to do more things um, after this movie. Um, so it had to be a first uh, for several of them. And one of the actors in there, I'm not sure if you realize this, was Vanity. She uh, had toured with Prince yeah. back in the day. And um, she is actually from Canada. She is a Canadian singer and that's how she got her start, but she also did some acting. And um, she, her credit for this movie is actually Dee Dee Winters. But I wow. kept looking at her through the movie and, and I'm, I'm like, she looks so familiar to me. And when I saw the name, I said, well, that's not who I thought it was. But yeah, she toured for a time with, um, with Prince. Um, but she was also an actress too. Wow, I had no idea. Those are some good fun facts, Kat. And then the other thing uh, I did, I just, I, it kind of fascinates me about locations and how they actually, you know, pull off the movie. And so there were a lot of scenes with where you saw the train actually traveling on a track going through, you know, in Montreal is where they, they shot this, but um, they leased a train, um, locomotive and it was like in a soundstage or wherever it was um, wow. located and um, they did have some obstacles uh, to overcome with the lighting because it's such a confined spot but I did I think they did a great job considering yes. you know I mean how narrow you know your pathway is when you're in a train yes but one thing I found that was very interesting all the interior shots um, where it looks like they're moving, like creating the motion of what it would be like to be inside a train. That was actually crew members on either side of the train pushing back and forth to give that rocking motion. So they were assigned, certain crew members were assigned to do that. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, it is. I love that fact. <laughs> that That is awesome. The lengths, people don't realize there's so much behind the scenes going on. It really is impressive when you start to learn some facts about movies. You're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. true with every movie, not just this movie. Like there's so much behind the scenes. It's, I always love reading about it and learning about it. It's fascinating. Well, and I, I do, I do think it's partly it's because of us being in production. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the production end of television, you know, and I've, you know, been on some films and it's not what people think. Yeah. They don't shoot things in, you know, order and sequence and, um, you know, they have to do a take over and over and over again to get whatever it is they need. And then there are episodes or scenes of the movie that don't even make it into the film. Right. You know, uh, believe it or not, uh, one of the things that Derek McKinnon talks about is they wanted him to somehow be um, a love interest with the conductor. Really? Yes. And he did not want to do that because they wanted him to kiss the conductor. And um, 
he was totally against that. But then Ben Johnson was like, I'm up for that, you know, and they had a conversation about it. And I think they actually did shoot a scene, but it did not make it into the movie. I'm about to say, I don't remember that scene happening. No, no. So that's what I'm saying. It didn't. So that interview kind of revealed some things about that, you know, situation. But um, I can't wait to check out that interview. Yeah, it, it was, you know, just pretty interesting just how they had pulled this off because I don't think there were many films that, you know, I think you've found in more films nowadays about things coming, you know, taking place on a train, but like horror films. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love, I just love the whole premise and like the, the space really just makes for an interesting kind of element to the story because I feel like the train was a third character like it was part of the story so you have like Jamie Lee Curtis and everyone else on the train as like the big characters uh of course some other people too but then like the train really plays a huge part in things Mm -hmm. I gotta say I I would be remiss if I didn't mention I love that there's a Groucho Marx mask in the movie Mm -hmm. as one of the costumes and I love the Marx Brothers so I thought that was kind of cool but it is the creepiest mask ever oh my god I I hate the mask itself because it's scary and freaky and it's not supposed to be but it is it is yes and the eyes behind it also creepy Mm mm-hmm Yes, I agree. And I think what it is, it's because it's supposed to be comical or, you know, fun, but um, it's also sinister at the same time. Yeah. And that's what I love. So (laughs) I'm happy with it. So overall, I love this movie. We got to say it was released in 1980. Really well done. I I just think it's an awesome, like, early 80s horror movie. And I love it. Uh, I'd give it two thumbs up. Yeah, I would too. Good. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little New Year's Eve, our next holiday on the list, my bloody Valentine for Valentine's Day. And we both watched the same movie for this holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie was released in 1981. So that's the version we're talking about because there are multiple versions of my bloody Valentine. But we went with the classic 1981 version. Just to give you some stats about these scores, 58% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Not the best, but better than Terror Train. Mm-hmm. 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Decent. But 91% of users love it. So mm-hmm. there you go. People like it. Just like with Terror Train, people like it. But I think this movie overall, the critics liked it a little more. Mm-hmm. And guess who who likes it? Who named it as his all-time favorite? I actually know because I took a note. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> I won't guess it. One of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had that written down. I can't believe it's his one of his favorite horror films. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. One but of his it, all-time favorite slasher films is what he said. So I just love the way it was made. So I, I, I can imagine why he'd like it because it is a well-made movie, and I love how it was actually shot in actual mines. It was shot yes. in an actual mine. Hmm. Oh, and did you read the part? Did you uh, read the part about how the town was so excited about it being shot there that they spent $50,000 cleaning it and painting it and sprucing it up? And then the director had to take some of the budget, 75,000, I think is how much, to go back and make it look the way it was previously. (laughs) I mean, the town must have been like, oh, crap. (laughs) Like, we didn't know. We thought you wanted it to look nice. They were like embarrassed of how shabby and stuff it was. And they really wanted the movie to be shot there because the mining industry was really kind of faltering and not doing well there. So this movie was like a huge thing for the economy there. Mm -hmm. 
so they were, I guess, just trying to be on their best, like, you know, have their best face forward type of thing. But yeah, it didn't really work out considering the movie had to use a lot of their, not a lot, but a, a chunk of the budget to restore everything to look shabby. Exactly. And then this one's also shot in Canada, which I found was kind of interesting too. It's like, I mean, I know a lot of films are shot in Canada, the Vancouver area. That's where yeah. uh, the X-Files were shot, you know, their series. But um, I just... It just seemed kind of neat. I wonder if, you know, being at the time period, you know, what the draw was Yeah, know, with that. Could have been cheaper for all we know. Mm -hmm. But I will say, so, so speaking of the mines that they shot in, those actual mines went up to 900 feet underground. That's crazy. That's crazy deep. I personally would not have been able to. Uh, Me to neither. Something like that. Claustrophobic. It, 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 like, and it's, I, I think it's, I think it's um, like, I don't think I'd have a fear of being in a closet, you know, so much that would be like closed in kind of feeling as much as this because you're underground. And right. I would just be fearful if something happened and uh, everything fell on top of you. Yes. Not only that, like, because part of the premise concerns that, like, because, you know, the whole thing has to do with, like, a guy who got trapped, or a whole bunch of guys who got trapped under there at one point mm -hmm. in the mines, and they had to take a long time to dig them out, and all this stuff ensues because somebody's got, like, revenge on their mind because of everything that happened back in the day where this whole, I guess you could call it, like, an avalanche or a, like, a burial in the mind, essentially, and nobody in the town knew about it because they were all at a Valentine's Day party. And so that's why the killer hates Valentine's Day, because everyone was so preoccupied with the party that people suffered and they were not saved quickly enough. And nobody he, knew that they were down there right away. He clearly didn't feel the love. No, he didn't feel the love. His heart was broken. Yes. By the way, speaking of hearts and love and the whole theme of Valentine's Day, I love the title card of the movie where you see the title come up and the two O's for bloody are hearts. I like that. I don't know. I even described it on one of my streams as cute, which sounds so weird to do to describe like a horror movie element as cute, but I really liked it. I thought it was like kind of creative and neat. Mm -hmm. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie too. I don't have as many comments to say, but it doesn't... That doesn't mean that I didn't like it as much as Terror Train. There is a great twist at the end as well. And an awesome laugh, like a bad guy laugh at one point. There's an awesome, like, creepy, like, voice and laugh. I'm not going to give away whose laugh or voice it is, but it's really creepy when you hear it. I can't wait for you guys to hear it if you haven't seen the movie already. But well, and there is a twist. That, well, another thing that needs to be brought up about that is that the actors did not know the killer's identity until oh, the I didn't end. know that mm -hmm. including the killer wow now, yes the director specifically did not want them to know who the killer was so that they're they were authentically like surprised you know when they would see who it was um because they would see who it was before they were about to get killed so that it, I found was very interesting now the the person who plays the killer kind of had a little bit of heads up based on what happens to the killer at the end right because of which department he had to visit to get ready for the day oh <laughs> so he kind of like knew okay. so he had, he had his suspicions but that was really pretty much leading up to that point so I thought that was uh pretty interesting and then um 
another thing is I like to see who's in the films. You know, I'm into acting. And um, so I always like to see like if some of the actors go on to do other, you know, projects. And I think her name is Helene Udi, Udi. She played Sylvia. Uh, she was the one that went off with her boyfriend into the mine and they were going to have some romance and uh, he decides to go grab some beers and leaves her alone. That part that is point. great. Okay. Well, first of all, you know, we would not have a horror movie if I was in the horror movie myself because I would never have been left behind all by myself. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I would have been like, I'm coming back with you. Or either I would have said, hey, I'll go grab the beers. You stay here. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But interestingly enough, this actress um, went on. She's still acting today. And she's been in numerous horror movies. In fact, there is one that I'm going to put on my horror Christmas list. Uh, It is called Mrs. Claus. She plays the character. She plays the character Mrs. Werner in it. Um, It was... um, I think it came out in 2018, but I'm putting that on my horror, uh, my Christmas horror list because I'd like to see her in that after it's been so many years. And also she, for a long, from 1993 to 1997, she was actually on uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, which is so far removed from the horror genre, but, (laughs) um, but just interesting to see that she's done both film and television, you know, and that her you know, her acting career, you know, has been, is still existing today. Well, you know what that means? I'm going to have to add Mrs. Claus to my list. Now I'm interested. (laughs) I want to add it. (laughs) You should. I will. You should see the picture of Mrs. Claus. It is not very jolly. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm going to go look it up after. That'll be, that'll be a fun time. But I honestly have to say, if I had to choose between the two, I preferred Muddy, My Bloody Valentine over Terror Train. Oh, really? Train. I'm you the know? opposite. I loved Terror Train. I was like, oh my God. Like, I just loved the premise. I loved like, had it had cool kills, but cheesiness too. Yes. And so that's why I liked it. I feel like My Bloody Valentine had great kills, but it wasn't, I mean, there was some cheesy stuff, especially with this love triangle angle involved. There was some cheesy stuff with that, but I will say it surprised me because going into it, really not knowing much, I thought it was going to be a big raunchy type of movie, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So that's Especially with the beginning scene. I mean, think about the beginning scene. Yes, the beginning scene. I'm sorry, Paul's like waving peeps at me. Like Speaking of holidays, we will be watching Easter movies soon. So exactly, Easter peeps will be with me when I watch the Easter movies. But yes, the opening scene. Yes, I love that opening scene. Like that was the most raunchy part of the movie. But other than that, there really wasn't like yeah, teenagers being teenagers. But there really wasn't much raunchiness. I mean, I was very surprised. Right. I was a little surprised by how it opened. Yeah, <laughs> me thinking, too. Hmm, what is this going to be about? And why are they in a mine? Yeah, and I would have been like, if I was that girl, I'd be like, dude, take off your mask. Get out of here. Like, yeah, like, uh, whatever. Well, it was Darth, all very weird. And the Darth Vader breathing too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess she liked that. I don't know. Because she didn't, she wasn't like appalled and she didn't say like, oh, stop. She exactly. was like, yeah, yes, let's go. that is true. That's true. She did not. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> she was all into that for some reason. Uh, overall, though, I loved it. But I gotta say, I'm the reverse of you, which is funny. Mm-hmm. I like 
terror train just it's just so great but both are really good i gotta say so far out of all the movies both are really high up on my list mm-hmm. overall mine too all right so now unless you've got more to add cat about my bloody valentine mm-hmm. i think we're going to move on to the next holiday and the next one we're going to talk about is a little bit of a you know lesser known holiday a lesser talked about holiday president's day and the movie that you picked to talk about for this uh this holiday and i ended up adding it to my list a little bit late but i was like this is a good idea abraham lincoln vampire hunter and it's a lot of fun i gotta say but i will let you kind of lead this part of the chat because you really like this movie and spoiler because you're going to mention this too it was filmed in new orleans where we live so take it away kat tell us about this movie well abraham lincoln who is our 16th president of the united states um becomes a vampire hunter. Um, Not initially, he is, um, uh, it kind of falls in his lap because um, unfortunately there's a death in his family caused by a vampire and he wants revenge. And so he's basically living his life trying to figure out how he's gonna take revenge when the opportunity presents itself. Well, um, in the meantime, he ends up meeting a vampire. He doesn't realize it's a vampire. It's Henry Sturgis, played by Dominic Cooper, who is one of my favorites. Um, if you remember, he played Sky in Mamma Mia. And we and just watched that for our musical marathon. We so did, and that was that a was... surprise for me because I didn't realize he was in it. But he also is Preacher in Preacher, um, which is another show, a television show for AMC that is shot in Louisiana. Yeah. So, which is pretty interesting. So he must be very familiar with this place by now. (laughs) Exactly. But he is one of my favorites, but he plays Henry Sturgis and he basically um, teaches Abraham Lincoln everything he needs to know about vampires and how to hunt them and to destroy them. And uh, in the meantime, he's also starting to pursue a life in politics. And so you have the historical story taking place at the same time you have his personal story of hunting these vampires but um abraham lincoln vampire hunter is based on a book um by seth graham smith i don't know if you can see that yeah i think it's kind of uh there you go yeah well seth graham smith also um did the screenplay for the movie which i find uh pretty neat because then you know he's adapting it about what's going to be kept in and whatnot, whereas so somebody it's more who doesn't true. know his work per se uh, might not, you know, stay true to his story that exactly. he had originally written. But um, he just puts that little twist in it, fell in love with the book. So I was very excited about the movie being shot, excited that it was shot in Louisiana. Um, saw familiar faces of local actors um, in our community. For example, Jacqueline Fleming plays Harriet Tubman. And just a little fun fact about that, she um, had an acting studio on Metairie Road in Metairie. And um, when Andrew was younger, that's my youngest son, when he was younger, um, probably about fourth grade, fifth grade, uh, something like that, uh, we went to her studio just to check out like what the classes were for kids because mainly her studio was teaching acting skills to children uh so I just thought that was kind of neat seeing somebody that I had actually interacted with you know in a different way 
And then I'm not sure if you're familiar with Terry Weibel, but she's also a local actress. She's been on The Walking Dead. She played Henry's wife in the film. And um, she's also in a film that was shot in Louisiana called Lost Bayou. Uh, You can see it on Amazon, but she's really making a name for herself um, in the acting world. Um, So it's always nice when our locals are getting out there, expanding outside of Louisiana. And then of course, Anthony Mackie, who is a native of, you know, Louisiana, he plays Will Johnson, who is Abraham Lincoln's friend. Yeah. um, So that was pretty neat to see that. Um, We chose it for President's Day because it's, you know, a little less known holiday. I don't even know if there's any other horror movie that surrounds President's Day. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, You know, if you enjoy vampires, um, you know, you'll enjoy enjoy the movie. There's a lot of good kills in it, a lot of special effects. a lot of great scenes, especially when they're on the uh, battlefield. Yeah, and yeah. Um, they they find out that um, that the vampires uh, can't be shot with the bullets <laughs> in see, an initial battle. <laughs> so you know what's cool is that eventually, like you know, because eventually we get into where the civil war is happening and the vampires are kind of on obviously the the southern side the confederate side and so i think that's so interesting kind of attributing like okay this supernatural evil is going to fight on like the uh you know the side that lost the evil side and it reminds me a lot of this book i just read called ring shout where they kind of talk about how there are these alien like evil beings who help and join the Ku Klux Klan and feed off of their hatred. And so they're kind of like, you know, they've infiltrated the Klan and they kind of feed off the evilness. So I kind of like, it's like these 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 Southern set stories that take a supernatural element mm-hmm. and kind of add it into the already horrendous evil that was going on at the time. And I just think it's a cool extra element there. And let's also talk mm-hmm. about quickly, you know, you mentioned this when we were talking pre-recorded chat, when we were just casually talking, you were saying, you know, some people just don't like this movie. And I think the people who don't like it, I think they try to put more of a historical spin on it. They like have expectations to where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not what really happened. So I hate it. But I think if you go into the film, knowing that it's for fun, knowing that it's just a fun type of spin on a historical type of story but of Mm -hmm. course we're not thinking that he actually fought vampires what are your thoughts on that like (laughs) what would you tell somebody who's like not wanting to see it because of this extra element this supernatural element well I mean I mean basically for me it's all about you know look at the movie as a whole I mean the cinematography is great you know they pick a time period they pick a beloved character in history you know and they give him a little extra something you know that is a little off the wall it's over the top you know to think that he would be hunting vampires in his spare time or whatever it is but um it's just I I liked it I, I like just having that extra little element and so I would tell people who haven't seen it Go in open-minded and watch it for what it is. And, you know, so what if it doesn't stick with history totally? I mean, to me, it's just, it's fun. It's a fun two hours spending to do it. But I was really surprised when it came out because I loved the book so much and I thought they did a great job with it. Um, You you liked the way- They gave it 30 yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, you... Rotten Tomatoes only gave it 34%, which, I mean, is kind of a bummer. 
in a way. The audiences, you know, liked it more, you know, than the critics did. But I think that was one of the, the main reasons is that they just thought it was a little too off the wall. And, you know, you're trying to take something in history and put this little spin on it. But that's what I kind of liked. I mean, it's just yeah. like an, a fresh idea, you know, to do that. And I mean, Abraham Lincoln um, had a very interesting career, you know, over time, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really, he was actually a failure from in many of his jobs leading up to yeah. becoming the president of the United States. And which I find fascinating because he ended up becoming one of the best presidents, yeah. you know, most popular presidents. Um, and, and in a very historic time in our country. So, um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, it too. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of action in the movie too. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're just going in thinking, I'm going to have a good time, relax and not overanalyze it. So that's how I think people should go into it if they want to enjoy it. So mm -hmm. I still think it was a good movie. I had a lot of fun watching it and I loved all of your little tidbits. Thanks for doing all that research, Kat. Like that's some great facts there on the movie. Good I stuff. <laughs> I know. I liked it too. Thank you for convincing me to add it to my list because that was a good time. All right. So now we're going to go to a holiday that I think is near and dear to both of us because we're from New Orleans. We're from Louisiana. And so anybody local would know Mardi Gras is a huge time of year for us here. It, it kind of takes over our lives. I mean, I know that there's this uh, thing I used to joke about. If you work in an office or in a public place with like a lot of other people, you get king cake all the time for like a whole month leading up to Mardi Gras. You get so much king cake. It's crazy. It's one of the best parts about Mardi Gras is king cake parades. So, you know, other people might not know about the, the traditions as much as us, but we wanted to kind of find a horror movie, which was really hard to do, by the way, that featured mm -hmm. our beloved Mardi Gras holiday. So let's talk about this, Kat. We we have one movie in common, Fat Tuesday, and I watched a second Mardi Gras-themed movie, Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. And we'll talk about both, but let's kick it off with Fat Tuesday. Okay. Uh, Fat Tuesday, uh, the director is, I guess, Jorge Torres Torres, a Louisiana native. It was produced by Michelle Kowalski. Um, she was also an actor in the film, a UNO graduate, alumni, like us. where we went to school. Um, and it is filmed in New Orleans. Uh, there is actual uh, footage from um, the final days of Carnival uh, in the film as well. Um, they actually shot the movie in six nights, believe it or not. Um, so the premise basically is we have this um, hitchhiker that comes out of the blue. We don't really know who she is. Her name changes periodically depending on who she encounters. Uh, she befriends um, a group of four friends uh, who are enjoying the festivities of Mardi Gras. And basically, uh, throughout the night, um, those four friends meet their demise. Yes. I... <laughs> it's kind of a slow burn. You know, it, it takes a little time to, to get there in the tension. So I'm not 100% sure how... I feel about it. I go back and forth. There's elements of it that I love. I love the slow burn part of it because it it's kind of builds the tension. Um, 
but I, I have a lot of unanswered questions and I almost think I need to watch it again, you know, to look at other parts of it. What about you, Kelsey? So I have mixed feelings about this too. I have a whole bunch of feelings about this movie. <laughs> um, one, you can tell it is an indie type of movie. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of apparent, like early on, there's um, this weird music and I'm sure it's what they could afford, but it's like, it would have been cool if they used maybe like creepy jazz or even like, you know, some, some, I don't know, some sad blues or something like that. There was like this electronic weird music at the beginning. I didn't think it fit. Mm -hmm. Then there's sound quality issues in the very beginning where she's hitchhiking in a car with a stranger. It's just really muffled dialogue between them there. But I will say though, the premise is Honestly, I think it's genius because to me, it's so believable that anybody could come into New Orleans and this is scary. This is like legit scary. Mm -hmm. Anybody could come into New Orleans, do whatever and plausibly get away with it. Like murder by just leaving, going out of town because there's so much going on in the city during Mardi Gras. People don't know, like, should we talk a little bit about Mardi Gras? Like, you know, um, it's not just Tuesday, like Fat Tuesday, which this refers to. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a whole long, it's a you know, season. Yes. It's a whole season of festivities and there's parades, not only on fat Tuesday, but other nights too. So literally there's a lot going on in the city. There is a lot of security issues. I mean, we've got tons of police out, so it is mm -hmm. safer now, especially, but I could plausibly see someone coming in and just being able to do whatever they want, especially if they're not somebody you'd expect to be a killer or to be a troublemaker. That's exactly. The and the other thing, too, is Mardi Gras is, I mean, there's a lot of drinking going on. Um, it's a lot of partying. There's a lot of music. There's tons of people. Um, you know, it's people are having a great time. They're uninhibited. They're not paying attention, you know, uh, to every their surroundings like they, they need to. Um, and so it is so plausible that like you said, you could literally be swept away from your group that you're in. They may not even notice because there's so many people that attend and it's quite easy for someone to be swept away into a crowd, separated from their friends and not found for, you know, a little while after. So, um, and then also too, when you, when you look at this particular group of friends, they kind of know each other's personalities that um, it's not 100% unusual for them just like to flake out and then go somewhere else, you know, and then they catch up with them later on. Um, speaking the of evening. these, speaking of these personalities, like that's the part that I don't know how to feel about it. To me, these are like the New Orleans, at first I thought the characters are supposed to be from here, the group of friends, but luckily they said that they're transplants. So I would describe them as the equivalent of what we refer to as the new New Orleanians, mm -hmm. which means it's kind of like a group of like hipster people who live like downtown or uptown or like they live in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So like to me, I'm like, oh no, I hate that representation, but it is very accurate because there are these like party people or like kind of like, I don't want to call them wayward youths, but they're not all like this. I'm just saying that there are people that kind of come down here and they're kind of like free spirits. Some of them even live on the streets and just like, are like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. but these, I'm not saying that these group of friends live on the streets, but like just the depiction. Then there's this one part where the friend who's dressed up like a fox, she's like talking to this guy and like mocking the New Orleans, how you doing, baby? And she just kept saying baby. And I was getting so mad. I was like, why would you mock it? Like, why would you mock the baby? Like, mm -hmm. it was annoying. Like if I was 
her going around to strangers on Mardi Gras, I wouldn't be like saying that because you never know how someone else is going to react who's actually from here and speaks like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know. I was kind of annoyed. I was like, but I'm more annoyed <laughs> that these people are like really here, like being hipstery and like whatever. I'm just being an old grump. It's that this is my old person's soul coming out being like, get off my lawn, get off my lawn. So that's just my little old person complaint but yes that is actually accurate the group of friends and they were mm-hmm. all into partying and yeah whatever well and i thought that when you look at the group that ends up you know ultimately being who the killer spends the most time with you know while she's there um you almost wonder how much she observed them prior because yeah. they were partying pretty hard it wasn't just drinking. They were also, you know, taking some drugs and, yeah. you know, they were out there for a while. They had planned on being out there for a good long time. I don't really think they had anybody to answer to, you know, um, as far as where they had to be. Um, so it wasn't like anybody was really going to miss them because right. they knew that they were going to be out and about, you know, this whole entire time. But um yeah, I, I just, I don't really know. It's like, there's parts of it that I like, and then there are parts of it that I'm like, eh, you know, because it, it's sort of like, I want to know more about the killer. I want to yeah. know where she came from. Um, is she a serial killer? Is she the type that goes from community community when they're doing some kind of special event that she can kind of slip in and slip out, you know? Um, but I do think the actress, um, Hannah Gross, who plays um, the killer, um she just had such a calm demeanor and that's what was scary yes just such a calm demeanor and she she bided her time and she was very patient and she was very methodical and how she you know got to each one of these um you know friends um I don't know. It was, and but I do like the aspect that we do get a little glimpse of what Mardi Gras, what it really is, instead of them staging it. Like um, real shots from like a parade. Like you could see the parade. Like that's our real parade. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, and um, it was also pretty neat to see that um, Michelle Kowalski had a hand in it. Um, like I said, she's a UNO graduate. I actually about ten years ago worked on a short film with her called Hotcakes. Um, for that film, she was the DP, you know, for director of photography for it. And um, so it's pretty neat to see how far she's come, you know, since that time yeah. uh, in her career. But um, I don't know. It's like I'm kind of like borderline on where I'm at. Like right now, it's like two and a half stars, which is yeah. probably not very nice. That, that, but, yeah, uh... but... <laughs> I mean, there are indie qualities to it. I just thought that the idea of it was really, really Mm -hmm. smart and clever because I just think it's so plausible. And sometimes the most plausible things are the scariest things Mm -hmm. in terms of horror. But yeah, like I understand what you mean about wishing you knew more about the killer. But at the same time, I feel like it's almost kind of implied that she's coming down here to get like she's obviously a serial killer or wants to be. She's got like these mm-hmm. urges, like almost like maybe Dexter type of person. So mm-hmm. something that you can't control. And she's like, hmm, I go down to Mardi Gras, I get it out of my system and I go back and like, you know, live a normal life. And it's the perfect 
kind of situation to where she wouldn't get caught possibly. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think she mentions a film to one of the friends, the group of friends. I can't remember the film, but she said that film is very important to me. And I wonder, I wish I would have remembered the name of the film and also looked it up because does that have to do with killing? Like, what is that that she mentioned? I do remember her specifically talking to the person about a film. Mm-hmm. It just makes me think maybe it had something to do with like killing and maybe that like meant a lot to her. I'll have to go back and check that scene or it could be totally... Mm-hmm unrelated but i'm thinking it might have some meaning whatever film she was talking about seeing well and also too i mean i just kind of based on i just wanted to know like was this the first time she had gone out to kill someone you know it it seemed like it was very well thought out and planned you know but yet we don't see that we see her coming in you know, so how had she been to Mardi Gras once before? Yeah, like is you know, this like to her... get a lay of the land so that yes. she knew what what she could do? Was she like on a like a a mission the first time just to see if she could get away with it? Like a scouting comes mission. Comes back, yes, and then she comes back to actually do it. Was this her first first time killing? Did she like it enough that maybe this is something she does? You know, all the time. And the sad reality is. You know, people might not even be discovered that they've been killed for so long afterwards, you know, which just, you know, you think about their families, you think about, um, I don't know. I I think this is probably, you know, like Terra Train and My Bloody Valentine have almost that um, a level of, what do I want to say? Like it's just not as realistic. Yeah, it's it's more professional you know, and where, polished. Yeah. Whereas this is like it feels like you're there. This, yes. Like this feels like you, you know, this could happen, you yeah. know, like almost like an episode off of Criminal Minds or something, you yes. know, where that's almost why it's scarier in some ways than a terror train or my bloody Valentine. You know, you don't have the cheese factor with it. Right. But the kills um, on at the same time, the kills weren't as well executed. Like there's some yes. parts where I was like, where she kills the first person on the streets, like the way they cut it, I was like, it's a little cheesy. It's a little badly done. Like you could tell they could have kind of tightened it up a little bit mm-hmm. but I will say like I said the premise is what sticks out to me and there are some cool shots although it's more realistic overall more indie more you know all kinds of things but mm-hmm. I will say the cool shot at the end they show the street completely filthy which is what it really looks like and they show this you know the street sweepers coming in and cleaning the streets and it kind of reminded me it almost like mirrored the story like you know, you're among like a city of trash and she just tried, like, I'm not saying New Orleans is trash, but like, you know, you could kind of get away with it, blend in with all the other, like the massive amount of stuff going on, the massive amount, just like there's a massive amount of trash, there's a massive amount of people there and you could just blend in and get away with whatever. Well, and then you almost wonder if she, you know, as the street cleaners are taking out the literal trash, was she taking out the trash? Her, what was trash to her? You yes, know, were I these don't know. people trash to her? You know, that's the thing. I mean, um, or was, was she, she getting rid of the... the feeling inside of her, like purging it from her for a short time? Right. Perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of ways you can analyze it, but I did love that last <laughs> shot. And she was taking pictures of the street cleaning, like, I want to remember this. So it felt like that the street cleaning was, I don't know, it's kind of cleaning her soul. Yeah, it's like cleaning her soul. Very significant to her, it almost. Because why would she take pictures of that? 
you know besides i guess being a tourist i mean it is kind of a touristy thing like oh look they're cleaning the streets with these big things and whatever then you almost think too was she that removed from what she had done that she went back into tourist mode because if you think about it there's scenes where she's eating her dinner the steak and it's bloody yes and she's just like enjoying it and just taking her time and it's like you know you wonder what is she thinking about is she thinking about what she's about to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's definitely creepy but like she had no emotion when she killed people like she didn't no. feel remorse so so that's why i think she is a like a killer at heart and this was to like purge the feeling but also she's going to do it again if she hasn't already done it again like before right right so Tell overall you know i don't know about stars what i would give it i guess probably like a three maybe well that's what i'm saying like two and a half like i almost feel like i need to watch it again yeah like i love really... the idea i mean the idea is yeah. cool. Yeah. So probably, you know, if I have time to go back, I might, and then bump that up a little bit. But um, I really am glad that we ended up choosing this one instead of our first. Oh my God. That one would have been worse. (laughs) I know it would have been worse. And this one actually showed New Orleans. I mean, this one actually showed Mardi Gras and it surrounded and was about Mardi Gras. So this was a great choice. I know our other one wouldn't have been like this. So it was a good choice. And I will say before we move on to another movie, 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, no Rotten Tomato rating for this movie, but Mm -hmm. I give it like a three out of five, maybe even a 2.5 out of five. Great idea. Could have been better execution, but overall, very scary concept. Mm -hmm. And that's my thoughts on that. Any any other things? No, I agree totally with that. What you said. All right. So now we talked about one carnival theme movie, and now we're going to move on to another carnival theme movie. And as Kat said, it is a season. It's a carnival season. It's not just one night. So it's many, many days leading up to the actual big day, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, whatever you want to call it. So I chose to watch Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. And I do want to point out, I actually didn't know this. Apparently, Farewell to the Flesh can be like considered a meat, like a word a definition of carnival like the word technically means farewell to the meat or another interpretation farewell to the flesh so that's kind of cool before i actually watched the movie i thought this probably doesn't have mardi gras in it much at all and i watched fat tuesday first so i wasn't expecting it to be as like you know set and thematic to mardi gras but mardi gras was a big part of this movie now i will say the shots that they showed of people going down the street, it wasn't as authentic because it wasn't really literal footage of a parade mm-hmm, or of a second mm-hmm, line or mm-hmm. of a marching band coming down or anything like that. But parts were filmed in New Orleans, just like Fat Tuesday, just like Abraham Lincoln. S- parts of the movie was filmed there. There were some things that were reshot later in California, but there was actual shooting here in New Orleans, which I thought was awesome. And like I said, when I learned Farewell to the Flesh was a meaning of carnival, I was like, whoa, that's creepy. And that's part of the title of the movie. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. And just to put it in perspective, why would carnival mean Farewell to the Flesh? Well, or also Farewell to the Meat. It's because you know, Mardi Gras is kind of the end right before the last big celebration before Lent kicks off, where most Catholics give up meat on Fridays, or some people give up meat the whole time. Mm-hmm. So basically, farewell to the meat or farewell to the flesh, it makes sense because as Catholics, we don't eat meat part of Lent, leading up to Easter time. It's a whole, you give up stuff for Lent and stuff. So that's why Mardi Gras is a big old party to get it all out of your system, a purging <laughs> of sorts, which is also another thing about Fat Tuesday. You purge before you're supposed to like, you know, be good. That's what oh, Mardi Gras kind of is. I didn't think about that. I didn't either till just now. 
so it, it works that it mm-hmm. also could be a meaning of fat tuesday she's purging it just kind of like you purge like all the fun stuff before lent happens that's mm-hmm. the whole idea of mardi gras so that's kind of cool but same thing with candy man too i just love the idea of something going on around mardi gras time and um Candyman 2 kind of takes place a few days before Mardi Gras, leading up to Mardi Gras, and then on Mardi Gras a little bit, too. So we see some people walking down the street, again, not as authentic as Fat Tuesday, and also the accents are terrible. A lot of the accents, like the New Orleans (laughs) accents, they're so off. But I will say I was impressed because they feature a snowball stand and actual snowballs in the movie. And to me, it's like somebody knew what they were doing because if somebody from up north would have wrote the movie without being from here or knowing about here, Mm -hmm. they would have called it a snow cone. For us, it's called a snowball. It's a southern thing. Even like Florida, they call it snow cones. Here, it's a snowball. And so that was very authentic that they showed a snowball stand and a whole big scary scene takes place in there. So it got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, how? It was really good. I loved, (laughs) honestly, I love this movie. It was so good. I'm so glad I watched it, especially because I just watched Candyman 1 in October of 2020. So just Mm -hmm. a few months ago. So it got a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb, but 85% of Google users like it. So people like it more than the critics. And that's no surprise. But as a sequel goes, I think this was one of the more better horror sequels it was great and of course we had tony todd returning as Candyman, which i think adds a lot to it if you would have had somebody else it would have been bad but mm. he just is such a great villain he's got such a smooth voice he's a really like kind of subtle villain and i love that about him but you know it's also gory because he's got that hook and that hook is <laughs> like really does some damage you know especially in this movie and so um, you know, he he has some roots in New Orleans and you don't really know what's going on, but more is explored about Candyman's background. And it actually is explained that he used to be like, you know, a slave at a plantation and like basically all kinds of stuff happened. He's from New Orleans, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was so fascinating that they tied his backstory into the city of New Orleans. So that was kind of cool. Um, so Mardi Gras was more of a backdrop, not more of like, you know, it wasn't really in your face, except for the whole farewell to the flesh type of uh, mm-hmm. illusion. And other than that, Mardi Gras was kind of like a backdrop of it all. But I really loved it overall. Like I said, not as authentic, but still they did show a lot of New Orleans neighborhood, like the neighborhood, they showed a lot of people in the neighborhood. So there was authentic New Orleans people in it for sure. <laughs> But they didn't speak, so you couldn't hear the real actual accents. You got all these phony ones, but yeah. Overall, a lot of fun. I love Candyman as a villain, and I think this was a good sequel. By the way, the third Candyman is called Day of the Dead. We maybe should check that out as like a holiday type thing next year, perhaps. So overall, guys, if you're contemplating whether or not to watch Candyman 2, I say go for it. I loved it. You know, the critics don't listen to them. I think it was a fun, good time, and it definitely fit the bill for a holiday horror movie that was thematic to Mardi Gras. And from somebody who's from New Orleans, I'm telling you, I liked it, and it was authentic, at least to the theme of Mardi Gras in general. So definitely check it out, guys. So now on to our next holiday, St. Patty's Day, one of my favorite (laughs) holidays, because I don't know, I like it a lot. And I did a whole bunch of- parades. 
Yes, more, more parades. parades. It's kind of similar to Mardi Gras in the whole, just the festivities, because in New Orleans, we do have a parade for St. Patty's Day. So, well, when it's not COVID mm. times. Exactly. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And people around here love it because it's another excuse to drink. So we have a lot in common <laughs> with the Irish and there's a lot of Irish people here too. And in fact, there's a neighborhood called the Irish Channel here. So yes, we love our Irish. And so we love St. Patty's Day, especially me. I did a whole bunch of thematic things. But we're going to talk about that in our final chat when we wrap up our whole marathon, you know, total overall. So I won't mention any of that, but what we will talk about are the movies we watched for St. Patty's Day. I watched Leprechaun and you watched Leprechaun in the Hood. And we're going to get to that because I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. But uh, I guess first we'll talk about Leprechaun, even though you didn't watch it. Well, I have seen Leprechaun. Yeah, it's just been a while, right? Yeah, yes, yes. But okay, so Leprechaun that you've seen, it's it's from 1993, which is actually, I didn't know it was in the 90s. I thought it was in the 80s for some reason. I guess it was just like a impression I had that I don't know why that was with me. But the tagline is the luck of the Irish just ran out. (laughs) whatever it doesn't even make sense like really because the villain is the leprechaun so the villain's the irish so technically luck is on his side because he's the one killing people anyway Uh so the tagline (laughs) makes no sense already so you know you're in for a thrill ride and for a fun ridiculous cheesy but overall good time so the ratings are abysmal by the way 27 percent on rotten tomatoes 4.8 out of 10 on imdb and 78 percent of google users liked it though so it's kind of a cult classic type of movie Mm -hmm. and it has gained traction over the years and people do watch it for fun and i gotta say i had a lot of fun watching it i really did Uh, I really, really did. So director was Mark Jones. It was the film debut of Jennifer Aniston, for those of you guys who haven't seen it. And the wonderful Warwick Davis, who played Willow from the movie Willow, Mm -hmm. is in it as well as Leprechaun. So I got to say, I laughed so hard at some parts. (laughs) A guy gets pogoed to death. He gets pogoed to death. Pogo like a pogo stick yeah like some guy's guts get spilled all over the place it's terribly shot too by the way when it gets pogoed to death but amazing there's a little car like the leprechaun guy is driving in a mini car and it gets pulled over by the way is the cop not thinking like what the hell like why am I pulling somebody over in a mini car this isn't real like what's going on and then the whole cop leprechaun interaction that lasts for a long time is hilarious Also, there is another scene where in the mini car, the leprechaun literally has like a hook on the end of his little car and he barrels into a full size truck. We're talking about a truck. Let's just say like, okay, comparison trucks this big, let's say in comparison, the little tiny leprechaun car is like this big, very tiny. Okay. It rams into the side of the full size truck barely taps it and the truck flips over like 20 times it's like boom 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 i'm like oh my god it's the greatest thing like paul laughed out loud with the pogo stick and the truck and he's like this is the worst movie ever i'm like isn't it wonderful though (laughs) so i gotta say it was it was glorious i really enjoyed myself three hours for warwick davis to put on his makeup another 40 minutes for him to take it off after shooting And one last tidbit, I don't have much, you know, to add about the movie, but this is a funny little story. So according to IMDb, if this is true, Lucky Charms, the cereal, was supposed to be featured in the movie because there is a scene where Leprechaun is eating cereal and uh, it was supposed to be Lucky Charms. However, when General Mills saw the scene and saw the movie, they were so offended that they revoked their permission to use the brand Lucky Charms in the movie. And so they had to reshoot the scene. It was expensive. It was annoying to reshoot. 
and they used like a spoof serial name that was very close to Lucky Charms. Like, you know, you got the idea of what it was supposed to be. But later in the movie, the kid, the little boy in the movie says, F you Lucky Charms. And he doesn't, <laughs> and it's to stick it to General Mills. It's like on right. purpose. That is hilarious. <laughs> At least according to IMDb. So overall, yeah, it kind of sucks as a movie, but it's kind of awesome too. So if you like good, bad movies or bad, good movies or whatever, however you want to say it, it's it's marvelous. I had a good time. Right. It is pretty funny. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, I've only seen like, I've, I've seen three out of the whole franchise, the first one and the second one. I mean, it is it is a good time. Let's put it that way. It is. And it is pretty neat to see Jennifer Aniston in one of her first movies. You know, her just character, to see where her, her humble beginnings. <laughs> her character was so annoying. Oh God, she complained about everything. She was such like a complaining, like whiner. Like, just please like stop complaining. <laughs> right. But yeah, it was interesting to see her. She looks so young. Gosh. Well, I kind of wish I would have rewatched Leprechaun. We wouldn't yeah. have more to talk about, but uh, because Leprechaun in the Hood was awful. Terrible. I hated it. it From so a good offensive. time to a terrible time terrible terrible yeah. uh i can't even believe that rotten tomatoes gave it a 33 percent considering that's only three percent less than terror train okay and it's I, more than the original 33 33 the, the original is 27 percent how is that possible i don't know it is awful okay and then 32 was the audience viewing but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you i, I it, it was very hard for me to watch the whole entire movie. And even while I was watching, I was trying to like, not like really take it all in because I wanted to scrub my ears and my eyeballs. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and let me just say, the reason I chose this movie, the main reason I chose it was because I had already seen the first one and the second one. I said, let me go ahead and try iced teas in it. I love yeah. iced tea. I mean, iced tea has been around since the early 80s. Uh, he started off, you know, as an underground rapper and then he's gotten into acting. And I love him. He plays one of my favorite characters, Finn Tutuela on um, Law and Order. Uh, SVU. I love SVU and he's great in it. And so. he is. He's awesome. And I mean, in his defense, he ended up he had just started um, SVU like in 1999 and he shot this film in 2000. And believe it or not, this is what's going to amaze you. He was um, the only reason he got involved in this film was because his son liked the French the franchise. Oh, really? And he, yes. And so when the script came up or the movie came up, he, he was like, you got to do it. I love this franchise. Oh. So he kind of looked at it. He's like, sure, I'll go ahead and do it. And um, so this was in an interview on Bloody Disgusting. So you're um, saying it's his son's fault. <laughs> well, I guess so. I mean, yeah. this was from March 17, um, 2017, which was 17 years after the movie was made. So, I mean... Now we're like, what, 21 years after the movie was made. But this is what he had to say, okay? Because they asked him, what, do you, what does Ice-T think about the film looking back? And they said, he's got the right idea. This is what he says. That's one of those horror movies that have a humorous side to them. Stuff like Leprechaun in the Hood and Blood Runners. They don't take themselves too seriously and you can enjoy them because of that. I mean, Leprechaun is wild, man. He rips my finger off. He's smoking weed at the end. It's like, who wrote this shit? You just kind of go along for the ride. And the craziest thing is that some people might say, oh, that's a terrible movie. But to others, it's their favorite movie. That's the cool thing about art. You're always going to find people who really appreciate it. 
Well, apparently 33% of Rotten Tomato people, the critics, really did enjoy it. Well, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it, but I do think Ice-T has the right idea. I mean, like he said, well, one, art is subjective. Enjoyment, like, of different mediums of art and media in general is subjective. So, you know, I'm with him on that. Like, some people might love it, some people might hate it, but it is what it is. It's supposed to be kind of cheesy. What was really sad about it was they really did have a pretty good premise. I mean... Ice-T um, is like Big Mac Daddy. He goes in with this other guy and they discover the, the pot of gold and they go in. They get the bling, which actually triggers the leprechaun to come alive. They have a little scuffle. Well, he ends up um, kicking leprechaun out the way. Well, the other guy gets killed. He kicks the leprechaun away and steals his little magic flute or whatever. The magic flute's gonna you know, help him out and you know, then he comes across like he's all wealthy and all this stuff and has got this great reputation because, of course, you know, he's got Leprechaun in a glass case now and he's got all this wealth and everything and this magic flute. And well, then they have these young guys who want to become rap artists. So they're trying to get him to give them a chance or whatever. Well, of course, what do they do? They discover the leprechaun statue and then they're going to go rob Mac daddy or whatever. Oh no. So, and then they so unleash him. Oh, they unleash him. And it's just like all kinds of craziness from that point on. I mean, this is one of the quotes that the leprechaun says. Okay. Okay. I can't a wait. Fri- a friend with weed is a friend indeed. But a friend with a gold is worth more, I'm told. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, and just the hoochie mamas. And oh I, mean, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, they just kind of <laughs> went overboard, you know, with, uh, I don't know. I've seen other movies that have kind of been like spoofs or, you know, horror. Like, for example, Tales from the Hood, which was, I think, directed or even written by Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed that one totally. I mean, Snoop Dogg was in it and everything, and it was really creepy. But it's like, I don't know. I I, I just, I I could not. I I mean, about the craziest thing, though, is if you can get through the movie till the end, there is a rap song. The Leprechaun raps at the end in a bar with the Hoochie Mamas. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is the craziest (laughs) thing. I almost want to see it now for the rap. Well, I, I this is what I would tell you to do, Kelsey. I would say go ahead, watch it, fast forward all the way to the end, just so you can see him rap. Yeah, I don't want to see the hoochie mamas. <laughs> let's say I love that. But his little his little background dancers, they yeah. do the oohs and ahs at the end of it's just it's. Huh. The rap sounds fun, though. I mean, it's really kind of crazy if you think about it, because the leprechaun truly has a cult following. And they have leprechaun in space. They have leprechaun. In fact, it did so well, this leprechaun in the hood, that they actually have another. There's a sequel to it. It's like leprechaun two in the hood or or (laughs) back to the hood. Yeah, back to the hood, maybe. That would make sense. (laughs) Let's get back to the hood. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, anyway, I'm going to admit this to you uh, and to everyone who's watching that I didn't think anything could be worse than Saint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our movie that we watched for Christmas. Well, you watched it. I only watched part of it. It was awful. But 
in fairness to Saint, it was just not offensive. I mean, it was cheesy and it was just like really bad in certain aspects. But like, I'll even take Christmas Evil. I would watch Christmas Evil again. <laughs> and you really didn't like Christmas no, Evil. I, I, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't something. like, I did not like Saint. I mean, I like that one less than Christmas Evil, but I would actually prefer both of those films over Leprechaun in the Hood. Now that's saying something, guys. I think that says it all. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like a prude. I mean, I don't want to sound like a prude, and I don't mind if they have language in it, but it was just like overuse, overuse, overuse to the point that it's like it just it loses its effectiveness. Yeah, you know, after a while, and it distracts you from what's going on. It had a decent plot. It could have been better. Yeah, that's how I feel. So. I loved that review. That was a passionate and potent review. That was great. <laughs> I, I really had a good time. But I honestly want to want to watch it now, minus the Hoochie Mamas, to see it for myself. We'll see. We'll see if I watch it truly or fast forward and watch it. I don't know. But I got to check this out maybe next year. We'll see. I don't know. Well, well. before we even move on from this, I'm going to blow your mind and everybody else that's watching because someone had the bright idea to actually do a combo movie, like a mashup of leprechaun would get this candy man it would never work there's no reason there's no there's nothing that makes sense about that combination ever like you know alien versus predator makes sense yeah freddy krueger versus michael meyer that makes jason. sense or jason yeah that makes sense i mean but literally this is an article that was in screen rant as recent as February 18th, 2020. There's no wonder it didn't work. There's no way. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, what is he going to do? So someone's going to, like, have gold, leprechaun's gold, and, like, leprechaun's going to, I don't know, like, seek Candyman on him? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or Candyman works gonna, for nobody. I mean. or, is, or is someone going to steal the gold and then want to get rid of leprechaun so they call Candyman? That could be it, too. I mean, there's no common ground between the two characters whatsoever. There's no common ground between the universes that they occupy. So I am so glad that they nixed this. I don't know. Be terrible. I kind of want to see it now. Like, I want it to be made. I love terrible things sometimes. So it could be so bad that it's amazing. We'll see. Well, but you know what would be interesting is if you did a poll. For all of your followers, yeah, on Twitch and See Twitter, if they would like and it. ask them who do you think would win if they were in the universe together. Oh my God, we have to do that. Let's <laughs> yes, I'm putting my money on Candyman. Come on, the hook, the hook, the hook could literally just like literally he could he could hook the leprechaun as if he was like a shish kebab. That's because true. He's so That's small; true. it would fit on his hook. The whole body would fit on the hook. That's yeah, but creepy. you do know, like, Leprechaun has all the little magic stuff. He can twist his little oh, yeah. hands and do all that kind of stuff. And he could possibly run over Candyman with his little car. That's true. But he needs the gold to have power sometimes. At least in the one I watched, he really was the most powerful when he had his gold. So if he doesn't have his gold, he's hindered a little bit. That's true. He doesn't have true. as much potency or power. However, Candyman, he don't need no gold. <laughs> He's got it all like in his hand, literally. So anyway, yeah, this is fun. We're going to do this. Who would win in a fight? 
Candyman or Leprechaun, and it'll be a lot of fun. That's something to look forward to on the channel. It's coming. I'm going to do it. Thanks, Kat. That's a great idea. <laughs> I love that. All right, so one last final thing, and it's the movie you watched that I did not watch, The Happening. Now, I did see it, I will say. It's just been a long time, but uh, mm -hmm. if I have anything to add, I'll put it in. I do remember it being funny in parts, and it's not supposed to be, like, something to do with a yeah, sandwich. Exactly. But anyway, yes, exactly. take it away. Well, first of all, I picked The Happening to represent the holiday Arbor Day, and uh, it is a little bit out of order because Arbor Day does um, take place at the end of April, um, but my husband wanted to watch this one instead of uh, April Fool's Day or, you know, Rotten Tail, which were two of the films that were next up. So um, unbeknownst to me, um, I had actually watched this movie uh, a couple of years ago and did not remember this. So I'm almost wondering because when I looked at what I rated it, I rated it as a two. So then I'm like, huh, maybe this was not such a good idea. But I like Mark Wahlberg. And um, I said, okay, we're going to do it. It's going to be our Arbor Day. And it's M. Night Shyamalan. And I love him from Signs, from The Visit, from, you know, Sixth Sense. So it's like, it's got to have some kind of redeeming quality. So I watched it again. And it wasn't until the scene at the, at the construction site, which is my favorite scene in the movie, is when the construction workers are falling from the top of the buildings. I don't know if you remember that scene. Vaguely. It is so beautifully shot, you know, how they're just stepping off of the buildings and then coming down, you know, and you're like underneath, you know, like as if they were falling on you. Right, yeah. But, um, I honestly have to say, I mean, the the uh, way the people are killed in the movie, um, I liked. I mean, I liked how um, they basically were committing suicide, Yeah, you know, uh, in the movie. I don't want to go into too much, but uh, it has to do with nature. You know, um, there's a lot of breezy trees in there. Yeah. And uh, whatever it gives off is causing people to basically kill themselves. So um, you're, I think also too, this uh, second time watching it, it's like there was so much of the movie that I did not remember, which is very unusual for me. So I'm almost wondering <laughs> if I fell asleep. <laughs> you must I not, have. <laughs> I don't know, but I did not fall asleep this time. Um, I do find that um, the acting was a little stilted, which I mean, it was kind of strange because they had some really great actors in it. Yeah, I so don't know. I don't why. know if it was intentionally written that way for them to, to be like they were. Uh, there was also like a little underlying story that was happening in it. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg and is it, Do is it Zoe Deschanel, I think is? Yes. Uh, she Chanel, plays, yeah, yeah Deschanel. She plays uh, the wife. They're having some marital issues, you know, um, that kind of run through it. You know, I don't know. It just, um, it did not do well at all. You are not going to believe this. Rotten Tomatoes, 17%. I actually do believe it because it is notoriously like one of the most made fun of M. Night Shyamalan movies out there. And when I watched it, so I had watched, me and Paul, my boyfriend, we had a whole big marathon of M. Night Shyamalan movies. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, let's rewatch and watch the ones we haven't seen and watch them all in order. So we watched like everything, like all of his major stuff, essentially. Right. It was so much fun. So we had so many good ones in a row. Like, you know, if you think about his, his uh, like the visits, great. 
Uh, obviously sense. signs six sense all those are wonderful but then when you get to like the happening and like lady in the water which i also don't like but you you notice the stark difference of like the movies now i'm not saying the happening's bad i just notice when you're watching the great m night Shyamalan mm -hmm. compared to like the happening it just doesn't like match up kind of so it's like a stark like whoa this is different than his other stuff type of thing right Especially if you watch yeah. it back to back, you could tell. But yeah, so honestly, the rating doesn't surprise me just because <laughs> in like when you hear people talk about M. Night Shyamalan, they're always bashing the happening. Well, they are. I mean, obviously, I didn't see hardly any favorable. In fact, someone when I posted because I post my, you know, like movie poster when I'm watching my movies, which number it is, you know, just for fun on Facebook. And I literally had somebody in the comments said that movie sucks. <laughs> thinking wow yeah. uh, let's tell me how you really feel yeah. you know so it get is not getting much love at all you know but um I don't know I ended up bumping it up to a three from a two to a three and um you know I enjoyed it I enjoyed being able to find something that was kind of related to a holiday that is lesser known most people yes. don't really know about Arbor Day but and it really has nothing to do with the holiday itself it's just the fact that nature really is the culprit or the killer or you know um it, it's a it's a character yeah know, it fits in, though it yeah. fits the theme yes yes and and really it takes a little while to kind of figure out what is going on with it you know it um, does so um i do think that it probably could have moved along a little uh faster um you know they had some strange characters in it um but and and there's a scene with betty buckley in it that is just just crazy they you yeah. know come upon her and that was just the craziest thing you just kind of think to yourself and i guess this is where like how i kind of appreciate horror movies is like if you try to put yourself in the shoes of the characters and this was really happening in your world it's like you don't want to encounter some of the people that they have to encounter yes. to like try to survive <laughs> and i will say like i i enjoyed the movie but i did laugh at parts too that yes, you're not supposed yes. to laugh at so some of it's like oh haha ha, cheesy fun it reminds you kind of like old school cheesy stuff but it's not mm -hmm. meant to be cheesy uh and funny but i will say like the premise of it was interesting though uh you know and it could have been so. it could have been a little tighter though as you said so mm -hmm. I, I would give it i think a three is a good rating because it's kind of like middle like eh and it's okay but eh, you know right 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 yeah apparently i'm being generous <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of people hate it so i <laughs> i don't hate it but i understand because a lot of people talk about it all the time like eh, it's a terrible movie but it is a lot of fun if you just go into it with like a fun mentality and not like this is going to be another sixth sense no right but it right. is fun and funny at parts so yeah, that was to his detriment that Sixth Sense, which I believe was his first film, wasn't it? was it? so good. Like, how do you live up to it? It's almost like, how can you go from there? I mean, you, you can't have to just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. It's like insane. It's almost like when, um, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird with Harper Lee. Yeah. I mean, right out the box, she uh, wrote this incredible novel and then never wrote anything again for the it's, longest time. Because you're like, how, like in your mind, you're thinking that they're like, how can I top the first thing though? So it's a lot of pressure. 
Yes, I would yeah. think so. Yeah, I would imagine so. So Kat, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on all these movies. This was a lot of fun. I'm so excited to continue on with this marathon. We are going to touch on more movies and more holidays coming up soon. We've, like I said in the beginning, we've got two more chats. And if you want to mention some of the other holidays we're checking out, Kat, feel free. Well, we have uh, East. Well, you have April Fool's Day. I've already yes. seen April Fool's Day, but uh, she has April Fool's Day. I'm going to um, watch it on April Fool's Day. So yes. that's why I'm seeing um, it. We have uh, Easter movies. We have Mother's Day, Father's Day. I'm doing Memorial Day and Cinco de Mayo. I'm skipping those. <laughs> we have I'm being Fourth a slacker. Fourth of July. I'm Labor excited Day, about that one. And Thanksgiving, believe it or not. So we have a lot of different holidays. And Hanukkah. Oh, that's right. I yes. forgot about Hanukkah. We added yes, that we at have, the end. Yes, we did. So we have a lot to talk about um, in the next chat. So we're about halfway through our list, you know, um, but uh, all good stuff. And we'll definitely be finishing, you know, wrapping up our April you know, with the remainder of the holidays. I can't wait to talk more. So again, our second video after this will be more of looking at the second half of the marathon, picking out the gems. And then our final one will be a chat about all the thematic things we did surrounding the marathon, any food we made that went along with a holiday theme. And also any little movies we watched that we might not have liked a lot, but we still have like a sentence or two to talk about, about the film. And we'll rank our movies too. Yes, yeah. So I can't wait for all of that. But uh, it's been so much fun so far. It's just going to get more fun and more fun. So thank you, Kat, <laughs> for doing this with me. Well, thank you, Kelsey. It's been a horrific good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till next time, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.